Welcome to the Prime Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. We've got the random encounter. We're ready for that. Uh, okay. So the giant Gar is still swimming in, in now the... He is swimming in the uh, Grand Central Abyssal Station at this point. Oh, and I saw something about a blood river. Yeah. So, you know, so going down the wall. So um, he could be in the, the blood river or something like that. So like, like one of those wall aquariums where you see the gar <laughs> swimming in there in the blood. That's beautiful. Exactly. Now, you know, look, this is like a situation where you've had a, a pet or even worse, a child for several weeks, and you still don't have a name. Uh, this is, you know, the, the Gar, how many, the Gar has, what, won two now, it, it, right? I, I, I thought we were, I said Gar Glittergold, that was my Oh, I'm name. sorry, you're right, we got it, okay, you're right, I'd forgotten, okay, yeah, so Gar, Gar Glittergold, uh, Gar, Gar. Gar, Gar Glittergold, that's right. Gar Glittergold, okay, so I'm rolling the Dorso roll. Yep. I've rolled a five, and as usual, you will need to remind me what that means. Monster manager. I can't believe I ever agreed to the monster manual too. How did that? How did that happen? It's because it has the tables. You can't do the monster oh. manual. Okay. Only. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So there's an explanation. Okay. And, well, that's part one and part two. It's be, it's still technically part of AD and D 1.0. You're. That's true. What year is this? This is 19, 1983. Even even Menion. It's pre 1985. So that's why it so is this so this is interesting because what I well it's not actually but what I like to do is I like to try to figure out where I was in terms of how I viewed things uh, back in the '80s and reconstruct it. And I do remember when the Monster Manual Two came out, I already was feeling kind of like eh. By 1983 already, so I my my golden years were really just like a, several years, and after that I was kind of like meh. Okay, that's a different issue. All right, so uh, we need. So you were disinterested by 1983, and and yet. Uh, 37 years later, you're looking yes. at a book, yeah. And I continued to play for like another six years <laughs> after that too. But we well, were not using much of that. I, I, I think we sort of were really, really using a lot of the Monster Manual too. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I think I was just sort of, you know, something, I enjoyed it, it was something to do, but really it was that 80 to 83, I think probably where. I think I realized when Monster Manual 2 came out, I don't know if it rightly or wrongly, that was like, eh, they're kind of running out of stuff here, but, you know. No, I agree. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, my material, you know, I've, uh, when I've looked back at how much material was made past that I didn't even know about, you know, because now looking back, you see all this, you go on eBay you, or art, drive through RPG, there's so much first edition stuff that I didn't even know about, <clears throat> and then let alone second edition going forward. You know, it felt so small, the game, when we played it. There was, you know, three or four books and there was a couple you could have used, and there were some modules. And then you look at basic, there really was less. So the, the, I guess it, you know, it was a law of diminishing returns. The more things came out, the less I was interested in it. So I agree with you. It was, I thought the cover was pretty cool, but um, after reading I'm like, well, a lot of these monsters are from the module. So uh, from the modules, you know, I saw the number, particularly all the weird ones from S, uh, S3. Um, uh, expedition to the Barrier Peaks. That kind of went. Mm. 
they just kind of this kind of, that was the first inclination to me was wow this is just kind of a reskin of stuff so oh well I I, just, I don't think I'd ever noticed that that's a giant on the cover I I didn't notice that smaller knight fighting oh, okay. him gotcha did you notice you I probably had known that I did yeah okay well because they're common it's a hill giant so oh that's a hill giant okay well, it has to be it's they're common and they're in the it's not a forest giant. Yeah, I got you. And there's a yeah. hill. So I, I'm... Must be. <laughs> well, we're in the abyss. That's People get true. lost, okay? That's true. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's make it happen. All right. So you are rolling, I assume, a die 10? Or... Yeah. Is that right? I'm still using my wonderful Valentine's Day dice. Oh, are we doing our, uh, Naked and Afraid today? What was that about? I'm sorry. You're, it was a spell. No, you end up. Is there a I'm spell? I'm as bad as you are. No, there's a spell, and you end up if you if you don't do the spell right or something like that. Don't you end up in the uh, ethereal plane? Oh, that's right. Yes. The someone's uh, got to save you. Yes, that's right. That was what spell? Not was teleport. That? Oh, that's right. It was dimension door. Dimension door. Yes. Dimension door was if you t if you go into a place that's not uh, empty. It does have no error, but if you fall into that, that's right, exactly. Now I'm becoming as bad as you. Every week is just a blur. Yeah, I think it's just captivity is really, uh, really affecting me. Hang in there, James. Uh, so I'll, I'll be all right. Uh, let's see, dimension door. Yes, I'm not. You're exactly right. Very good. Yes, if it's if you occupy a solid body, he or she remains in the astral plane until located by some helpful creature willing to dispel magic. That's that's correct. Very good. You know. You know what's happening here? We're we're uh -huh. we're we're switching. I'm becoming you, and you're becoming me. You're going to become yeah. forgetful, and what was that? Huh? <laughs> what rule? You're yeah. not going. You're going to you're going to routinely roll the ten sided, and we're supposed to be rolling an eight sided because you can't tell the difference. Right. They, they all look the same. <laughs> they all look the same. It's it's just you know, and I'm sure everyone else feels like this is a little bit of Groundhog Day. You know, I it's either I'm getting ready for the podcast, uploading a podcast. Editing a video, going to work, you know, repeat. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Woe is me. Boo-hoo in my house and I'm not starving. So I'm going to shut up now. Thank you, David. Yes, Dimension Door. Go ahead. But are, you, but are you wiping? Okay. All right. Roll a D10, sir. D10. Six. All right. Oh, That's... not a dungeon. Oh, I like it. It is an outdoor random encounter. So I One now need you... Hold on. You roll. Probably. It's going to be a, uh, oh, it is a D6. Ooh, a D6. Yeah. Four. Okay. That is a temperate, civilized region. Now, hang on. There are now, of course, there are now six different areas within temperate, civilized regions. So you've got to, yep, so roll a die six again. Please. All right. One. Oh, we're in the mountains in a temperate. Hey, what? You know what? You know where we are? Oh, you know, that's not the mountains, that's the hills, right? It's more hilly, yeah. All right. So you're now rolling your two to 20, which only you know how to do. Uh, old me knew how to do it. New oh, do you need help? No, I, I think I got it. I think I got it. Oh, ooh, 13. A large spider. You like spiders. I do like spiders. There was a Dragon magazine which had all new spiders, as you know. It had like a, I think like a, you know, a daddy long legs and had a whole variety of them. I liked them quite well. So okay, 
So um, a large spider. Now, there's good news. Large spiders have poison. Yes. So they've always got a puncher's, or should I say a biter's chance. That's right. And as we and know. But large doesn't feel very large when you get to it, if I remember correctly. So it's not the picture, the famous picture. Uh, yeah, no. that one, I think that one's a giant spider. I'm sure a large, a large spider is just... Uh, small. They're small. small. Yeah, they're small. <laughs> but deadly. It's got a yeah. chance. So we're looking for those. We're on page 91 of the Monster Manual, and you can see the famous, not a giant spider, but a, I'm sorry, this is a large, this is not a large spider, this is a giant spider. And who did that? Is that Tramp? I see, I see, is it, I see a T yeah, at the D-A-T, end there. T, yeah. David A. Tramp here. So that's, yeah, that's wonderful, isn't it? Yep. Oh, and look, did you notice that on the right, Somebody has spotted the spider. He's telling the elf. That's right. You know, he, he, he seems to be a magic user, of some, probably the illusionist, because he's got, it looks like a cloak there, doesn't it, coming down? Well, the, the elf thief is not paying attention, uh, should be up front, protect, you know, finding out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what he's saying? He's saying to the elf, you should climb that wall. Yeah. Go up there and investigate. Climb that wall and see what's up there. Yeah. And he's like... And he's got that look of, what? Screw you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, wait a second. The fighter in the front has hit the cobweb, though. Right. Right? And Yeah, he does. And uh, what is interesting, this is not how my players would have played. We would have been very mad that the fighter would be holding the torch. Why Why is the magic user not holding the torch? He's useless. The fighter should be having a shield. This is... This is... But then he can't cast a spell fast. Well, he just, he, or don't they have a torch bearer? They're supposed to have a torch bearer. So, you know. He's de- he's, they did. Of course they did. <laughs> That's right. He's dead. <laughs> Let's talk about the marching order. So fighters in front. Yeah, there's a Looks door. Like, and, that, and then, is, so is it, does it make sense to have the magic user in the middle of the party? I guess. Well, hopefully that finger is a, a cleric or something. They don't have a, a, they don't have a cleric here. That's not good because they're going to need slow poison in this case. Oh, yeah. This is not good. So, all right. Uh, well, as someone okay. who played a torchbearer, I feel a little slighted that there was not a torchbearer here. So That should be fine. a... You should write that up as a class. The torchbearer class? NPC class. Well, as uh, David Thompson said, Link Boy. Uh, yes, know, that... exactly right. Link Boy. Okay, the large spider. James, can you guess its frequency? I'm sure you can. Uh, common. Right. Number appearing. Can you? Well, well now I'm, I'm looking at it. Now, that's, so. a, that's a lot. Two to right. 20. Yeah. AC that's 8. ridiculous. I assume that movement is the larger one is for their web. They're probably 15 inches in their web, I'm assuming. Uh, yes, that's their special movement in their web. Correct. Right. One plus one hit die. 60% yeah. in the lair. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Yep. One attack. They do one point of damage. But of course, they have poison. They're small. These creatures scuttle and scurry about on walls, ceilings, and floors, in and out of their webs. Always, I love this, always searching for victims. And I get it. We're <laughs> playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's not Animal Kingdom. But uh, everything, you either love human flesh or you're, you're aggressive, right? You're, you're, you're looking to attack. Which is one of them is, I thought one of them was like an 80% chance that it'll come out and attack you, be aggressive. That may have been something else. 
But uh, so, yeah, so they're always looking for what, well, what kind of victim? What does that mean? I mean, what do they eat? I assume they eat, I'm, I'm sure it's the, you know, like Shelob or whatever, basically I, anything that's warm-blooded. Oh, look here, it was the next sentence. I just oh. kept reading. They are 90% likely to attack any creature within 30 feet. So, you know, they're, they're aggressive. Yeah. So if there's two to 20, if you rolled a random encounter and you got two to 20, and there's just like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, what's, what's, the, what's the thing of, well, I, I, I think we should make them a water one just because uh, we're in the water, in the blood thing. I know we rolled large spider, but I like the idea of a water giant spider. You didn't want like the web coming across and you know, the garp is, the gar, I mean, garp. The gar is. That's fine. Uh, yeah, okay, keep going with large spider. I just, I just was fascinated by the water giant spider. because Oh my God, we, really, we are switching. You're, yeah, becoming, yeah. you're becoming me. Right, exactly. Hey, look on this page. There's another spider. I like Squirrel. this one better. Exactly. I like this one better. <laughs> no, we can't. we can't do that. The dice don't lie. If you yes, want it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, um, because if you think about it, the poor spider, itsy bitsy spider, mm-hmm. is going up the blood river spout. Right. Doing the little web, all very proud of yeah. the web. But it's like right catching lots of abyss, weird flies. But it's right above. This blood river, right? And so the gar is yeah, going to... Yeah. Out came the gar and thrashed it all about. That's exactly. Right. Wow, so, we are limericks now. This are our, our, our lyricists, excuse me. So he said, all right, so... Um, I think we're ready. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we can talk, talk anything more about uh, large spires. All right, so um, it could be a surprise here because, you know, that, that gar, a gar may have no idea. He might stick his head into, into the web. Right. I, is he going to get stuck? How does that rule? What happens? He does what's, not get, what's, well, look, he's not going to get stuck. The, the gar is 21 feet long. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind entertaining some flights of fancy with you, but the gar is not going to get stuck through the spider web. He may not even notice the spider web as he travails through it. He, he doesn't even know that he's eaten the spider. That's right. <laughs> he just goes through and... He, just, he doesn't feel that well later. Right. He's got a little indigestion. So uh, If you eat, if you, wait, now, wait a second. If you, okay, hold on. He's, he would eat the spider, right? Well, we he, need to have this. He would have to bite what? it. Now, you, the question is, does he squall him whole? Exactly. And what effect does that have? Well, there, there is a rule, if we recall from the guard, that any hit of 20 indicates he has done so. So if you swallow, then that raises the issue is because you know usually with PCs they're usually not eating the monsters that have poison right typically but if you have a monster that's going to do it wouldn't we have to talk about whether or not he would have to then do a save on the poison if he eats it no well only if he's well part of the poison if he swallows it if he swallows it but he also has to be in, you know the spider has to sting you it's not just in your stomach it has to get into your bloodstream. It wouldn't get into your so it wouldn't get in your bloodstream at all just by I, eating it. I would say no, but uh, I'm sure. Well, we'll ask our we'll ask the Grog Empire for a ruling on that. I would yeah, say okay. well now because what you can do is if you are swallowed whole, uh, the swallowed creature must be able the swallowed creature the a creature so swallowed <laughs> must have a, 
This is easy to say. A creature <laughs> so swallowed must have a sharp-edged weapon to hand in hand to have any chance of cutting its way out. I would argue that uh, if it survived the swallowing, because it says if a creature is swallowed whole, there's a 5% chance per melee round that it will die. Okay. So, so you would basically, uh, uh, you could argue that he could try to keep biting it, but eventually it would be killed. That's what I would say. Oh, I think that's right. Right, death from within. Exactly. In the abyss. All right, let's do it. So we're rolling for surprise, correct? Yes. We're in the Blood River inside the Grand Abyssal Station, and the spider is there, and, and now we're doing surprise. One. I rolled a, a three. Oh, you have surprise. Congratulations. So what's happening here? So, so, so he's, like, jumping out of the water to catch, like, a fly or something like that flying by. He doesn't notice this web going I, across, yeah. right? I, okay. I don't, I'm not sure he's going after that. What is the uh, larvae? Isn't larvae the things that are in the abyss? Oh, yeah, this little The little face undead, the guy. face guys, right? The larvae, are they in the abyss? Oh, the, okay, so maybe he's, like, going up on, like, the oh, bank. Oh, Hades. Uh, I don't know, there's got to be... Well, yeah, he's hungry. He's eating little distorted faces. Yeah. yeah. Right, little drag, giant dragonfly. Something like that, exactly. right? All right. Exactly. And he, yeah, and he does. He never sees because it's a web. Right. He never sees it. And he's small. He never sees it. I love it. Right. Here we go. Wouldn't it be great? I would love if our champ was a large spider, which, of course, is not large. Here well, we go. And, and, you know, because of our folks online, uh, you, we already have something. I may automatically, I think we're going to need to give a bonus when we get to the next section. So go ahead. Roll your, he, his armor class is three, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, he's pretty tough. But go ahead. Just roll. Okay. 15. Ooh, that's, that, that almost could have hit because you are one plus one <laughs> hit dice. Does a plus one help? One plus one, yes. That's a big deal. You hit. What did I need? 15. This is, oh, wow. Yeah, there it is. 15. Okay. So now you, you take a hit point of damage, which, of course, is not particularly significant. Oh, but you now one, need one hit point he took? You take one hit point of damage. All right, so there's some chat about here. So this is what we are saying, that uh, the Gar, being 21 feet long or, or longer, is swimming through the Blood River, and there is a spider web. And as he went through it, thinking, oh, who cares, the spider got surprised on him and, and now is hit. Now, he, now, this, now the Gar... I should be riding. I should be riding. Yes, right. I should just be, like, on his back. You're a Gar-riding spider demon. <laughs> Meaning, I just keep biting you. That's right. So All right. I need so to now make a saving throw, huh? Yes, but it is a plus two. All right. Gar is eight. Hit dice. Oh no! Against poison, he needs an eight or above. Did that include the plus two. That includes the plus two because, unfortunately, he had it because I rolled an eight. Today is the day of numbers, so he counts as an 8th-level fighter. He needs a 10 against poison. Plus 2 is 8. I rolled an 8. Plus 2. He did survive. Boo. Boo? That's good. Does he even, does he even notice me? I'm not sure yet, I, but now it's initiative. Okay. Let's do it. I guess he has noticed. Oh, wait. Are we declaring? Yes. I'm atta uh, the Gar is attacking the spider. Okay, I'm in, am I in the water? Yeah. I'm attacking. I'm attacking. You're on what's left of the spider web at this point. As oh yeah, and and the guy's it's on him. So he's gonna have to figure out. I'm gonna say he's gonna attack at a minus because you're basically here's what you are. You, you're, the the spider is on the front of his 
of the gar's mouth, and he's kind of trying to get him into his mouth. Uh, he's like, <laughs> like on the, running around. Yeah, like he's like on the tendril of the web that's in front of him. Is, he's got. A, does he have a tongue? Yeah, because <laughs> you know, you kind of look at if you go back to the picture of the gar, see how he's chasing the man again. The monster manual, the best instructional yeah. book ever. You see. Yeah. So I'm almost envisioning that. The, the spider web is like right at the edge, you know, like that fish that would uh, tease people with their little... Uh, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Help me out. Here. Um, yes. All right. Yeah, so I'm taunting you. That's right. Uh, three. Ooh. I rolled a six. Okay, you get to go again. Come on. Big money. 19. Wow. Okay, that's two points. You know what? Was it? Is it literally a point of damage each time? Yes. De de death by a thousand bites. Uh, so... And that's... Literally, how many it'll take? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope I don't have to roll his hit dice because. Oh, that's cockeyed, cockeyed. Five. That's the end of him. <laughs> I rolled a five. Uh, but now, we, got now I have to do divine intervention. Nice dice. Thank you. I love them. So, you uh, are successful. You fling yourself onto the gar and sting him, and he. Uh, anglerfish, that's right. And he's uh, poisoned, but divine intervention. Right. So, so, so the gar is like that damn save or die rule. That's, I hate that that's, rule. That's right. As oh, he's going down. The dice are being thrown right now. In, in, <laughs> you suck. These dice sucks. Son of a... Guy, Guy Gax is laughing behind you. Uh, that's right. In honor of you Guy got that luck. All praises. Um, so... Wow. A large... So, so hold on. Can we just, before we do divine intervention... Well, maybe we should do it after Divine Adventure, because I want to talk about how we got to this. The champ that we have. Right. He's the champ, and what we pass champs that we, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing that we have this as a champ. But okay, but yes, it's, it's time for Divine Intervention. Well, people were kind of hoping yeah. that the spider would die because they came up with a really good idea. Who would be, who would be the Divine Intervention in the abyss for spiders? Oh, well, that may happen down the road. Right. That's exactly right. right. That's that. So we have to remember. I'm that. sorry. Down the abyss. That as we continue to travail down the abyss. That's right. And that's I, true. And I think it's double, uh, double bonus because you're in the abyss. Oh. I'd have to indeed. look that up. You know, yeah. Is there? I mean, if you're on the actual plane. I mean, she could be like just sitting there. Right. Just hanging He's nearby. Out. Yeah. Give me a call. I can be there in a minute. I'm in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the. I'm on the 630. Well. Particularly if it happened here with all those portals, but I assume right. that I assume that Loth can she can kind of probably move pretty rapidly, can't she through the abyss? I mean, yeah, I would say so. I think they can go to any abyss. So is she on a layer? Do we know the layer she's on? Wait, isn't she on in the where are the so the demon web pits? That's a, that's she, her layer. Okay, it's, so it is. It had. Do we know? I guess it has a number. I don't know. If we I'm know sure it. someone on the internet has put it on there. I think she may be the 66 layer because she has 66 hit points, but don't quote me on that. Mm. Oh, but okay. we can also look into Q1. Perhaps this, does Q1 tell us which uh, layer it's on? I don't remember. So, so, so this spider is like a servant. That's right. Um, Q1 we're talking about. I say Loth. Is it Loth or Loth? People I, say it. I say Loth. You say loath, uh, but I, so I she, think either one is fine. Didn't you love how James, uh, Jim Ward, uh, declined to answer how you pronounce the orc deity? Yes, that he, he that he created. He's like, nope, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. 
but funny. Oh, it doesn't say. It says the web is one of the 666 layers of the abyss. Oh. Uh, uh, and it consists of three interwoven layers, uh, levels over which floats the fourth layer level. So doesn't say. But I'm sure the, inter- I'm, the internet. That's probably- the in- so that's the interwebs? That's right. Menyon thinks it's the 66 layer too. So, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So divine intervention for the fish. So now we need a fish god if this works. I guess it could be uh, uh, Bede Bloop Bloop for the whatever her name is. Uh, well. The Kutoa deity. She's like a fish. Yeah, or. Or oh, go ahead. Or, 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 or Neptune. Oh, or Neptune. That's true. Or Poseidon, right? But would Neptune yeah. go to the abyss? I don't think so. So would, this would be interesting. Would they interfere on the abyss? But let's see. Uh, let's, let's hope I don't I roll it and I don't have to worry about it. At 40, I don't have to worry about it. All <laughs> just, right. Just bubbles. Just bubbles. It goes bloop, down. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so keep in mind here that, you know, the, the large spider now can claim superiority Right. Over many really amazing monsters. Because, you know, you know how, like, when your favorite team right. beats another team, and then you say, ah, like, right. the UCF belt. beat. The belt. It's t- the it's belt. T- right. The, right. Or UCF and football beat Auburn, and Auburn had beaten Alabama. And so now, you right. know, and then Alabama was like the national champs. They, they were competing for it. And so, you know, you can do that business. Right. So if you think of it, so who is our, we had our, we had the Red Dragon, Sharon Demon, a, de- right? a demon. Yep. Right, all of those that there is a the large spider can claim without a superiority. No, that's right. He has the belt. Assuming it's a he, we should. It doesn't fit. It's too big. She, she has the belt. He, okay. I think a all spider right. should be a female. So, okay. Because don't, don't uh-huh. the spiders like eat their male consorts a lot of times, or is that the praying mantis? I don't. I can't keep track of all the arachnid. Insects. I think the praying mantis does that for sure. All right. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to have to get a name for. Now we need a name for the spider, the demonic spider that's in the blood river abyss. She I mean, Okay, that's that was obvious. Little Loth. Little Loth. That's right. That's uh, that's her gang. That's her. That's her rap name. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I was a rapper, rap face. That's right. When she was a rapper, a little loath. Uh, it was a small, yeah, it was a small period in time. I got gotcha. you. Your parents weren't happy. So, all right, yeah. Oh, so here we go. You know, this is why we have our our wonderful people. You didn't uh, even say excuse me to go delicious. Uh, I he's yes, excuse me. Name things down there on top of the gnomes. Man, I don't show up to the studio when it goes to hell or to the abyss. <laughs> Look at that. There. I put this back up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, Menyon said that in page 103 of the uh, Abyss, it's interesting because it says the 65th layer is Los Web, but the 66th layer is Los Domain. That's interesting. So that's, that is in the Manual of the Pranes, but that is post, uh, that's D&D 1.5, but there you go. It is what it is. Well, we'll be there. We'll be there at some point. That's right. At some point, we'll, we'll, we'll see. check it. We'll check it out. All right. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Please send in names. Uh, oh, we got on on a spider with a with a dollar sign. Very good. That is a rap hip hop <laughs> name. Ungolant, ungoliant, U N G O L I. It's uh, ungoliant. Okay. And sixty fifth layer. And oh, and Rachnid. There you go. That's good too. <laughs> All right, well, I have to put that, I got to put that on Twitter. 
All right, cool. Next, uh, spell selection. Let's do it. You can roll, sir. Oh, okay, hang on, I gotta get my player's handbook out here. But Naked and Afraid, I forgot, that is a good one. That is good. Yeah, I guess we should probably change the name. I don't wanna get sued. What, Naked and Afraid? Why not, what, who's gonna sue us? How does not that be, having... That would be huh? our biggest problem, if someone knew that we were using them in a copyright way. That would be the best publicity we could ever have, right? It's like Gary, like they said that they loved it, Gary loved it, when they had the book burnings. Uh, because they went out and bought more books, right. and, and everyone just wanted to, you know, it got more popular. It was the, it was the best thing that ever happened to them. A 90. I rolled a 90, sir. That, for spell selection scrolls. cleric, I think. I'm, okay. I think that's cleric. Now I have to check. I'm, I'm reading, folks, because uh, the angry monk can't see anyone else's comments. I don't think uh, that's... Is everyone else's comments working? Because I, I don't think I changed anything on that, so... Please let me know if that's an issue. Aren't we good enough? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Oh, are we good enough? That's hilarious, that, Dan. That was good. Good one. It is cleric. Yay for us. So, Yay. Uh, now it could be a druid, right? Right. So up to 25%. The druid. Okay. 63. Nope. It's cleric. Okay. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We need some cleric business in the yeah. abyss, don't we? That's hilarious. We're good enough. Grog talk. We're good because we're good enough. And and better than prison. I got better it. Better than prison. All right. So do you know how many? Well, you're looking at it now. Well, I probably. know there's seven layer seven <laughs> seven layer. <laughs> seven layer cake. No, we haven't been drinking either. This is just uh Wow. Do you think you could actually make a cake with six hundred and sixty six layers? You have like an abyss cake. Oh the six hundred the abyssal cake? Can you order yeah. that? Yeah, I love you that. You actually make a cake with 666 layers. The 600 and each layer has that'd be good, layer. right? Well, it should be red velvet, don't you think? Well, some of it would be good. Some would probably be full of maggots, and uh, <laughs> you know. Okay, so you are rolling. Roll your seven-sided die. There's a game that has a seven. There's a number that has seven-sided die. Which is is it? Rollmaster? Who has a seven-sided die? There's back in the day, mm. weird, weird dice. I forgot three. Okay, third level. So you're rolling a uh, 12 sided. 12 sided. Cockeyed. Four. Cure blindness. Cure blindness. Okay. I would think this would, you know, this is one of those that shouldn't take too long. It should just do what it says, but we'll right. see. Ah. Did you need that spell? As, did you need that spell as a teenager? Uh, cure blindness. I think it's. I think it was more cure nearsightedness. I don't think I ever got to blindness, but uh, okay. All right. I uh, I needed it once. Yeah. Once I once I started paying attention to school. <laughs> once I started studying, that's what I need. That's what I need. The glasses. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. There were benefits to not studying. Okay. So. Uh, dungeon crawl classics. Thank you, sir. Mannion told me that I, I knew there was, you know, I, I and, and by the way, I listened to. Uh, David Thompson has some YouTube videos up there recently. He's put some more about XP and levels on YouTube. You should go check that out. Menion's uh, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy is great. Uh, I listened to a few of them, so that's that's why I'm hearing all this. It's all just a blur. No, I think we sh I think we should have been drinking. That's the only excuse at this point. I don't get it. 
They're asking if we've been drinking. I'm drinking coffee, but I probably should be drinking, period. All right. Yeah, that, yeah that's not good when your standard show, people want to know if you've been drinking. Yeah, it, okay. It would make a lot more sense. It's, it's pretty rough. Okay. So I don't understand why they even need three sentences. It should just be, it cures blindness, but they still have three blind things. Yeah, because you think so. It says, by touching the creature afflicted, we already know that because it says the ranges touch and permanently cure most most forms of blindness. Right. Why Wait, is it most? What? Right. Yeah, what? Well, we're going to have to look in the DMG. It's reverse cause blindness. Now, that's way more interesting, let's face it. Yeah. Requires a successful touch upon the victim. And if the victim then makes a saving throw, the effect is, yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the reverse. So that would be a pretty cool spell for combat, melee, right? right. So you can always take the reverse, can't you? I mean, it's not, you don't have to be an evil cleric to take. Usually these reverse spells seem to be more evil, but you don't have to be an evil cleric to take the reverse spell, correct? Uh, you don't have to be, but it's certainly... Um... It's implied that reverse should be taken with care, but it doesn't not necessarily. If if in any event the cleric, so on page forty three, uh, it talks yes. about the reversing. Oh, thank you. Yes, I see it right there. The second uh, paragraph under cleric spells. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. The reversal right. of some spell. The reversal of some spells might well place a cleric. Might in a questionable position with respect to alignment. I mean, I understand like things like what, um, well, I don't know, I was thinking of raised dead, but that's not a reverse spell. Uh, the use of spells which promote wheel must be shunned by evil clerics in many cases. Likewise, spells which are baneful may be used only at peril by clerics of good alignment. Incautious use of spells will change the cleric's alignment if such usage continues unchecked. And it is up to the player to guard his or her character's alignment with care. I don't think a lot of us think about that, do we? When we're playing a clear, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, we're most probably people don't... don't play the reverses unless they're evil. It's it's almost implied that you know you don't you don't see good clerics casting cause light memorizing cause light wounds for two reasons. One, it just right. feels icky, and two, the the rest of the party is like, what do you mean you're taking cause light wounds? Your only purpose here is to heal us. That's your you have one function, heal. We don't, they get sad when you take a command or a bless spell. They go, really? Right. And, right. and, and if it's like you who's taking, I don't know, what, what's, I, I remember last time you played a cleric. I think you took a light. Well, I, well, yeah, well, I randomly rolled. Right. With, I like to randomly roll my spells. Cause I like, I like, James, I like the learning. Right. You do like, oh, and, and that's why people love you playing the cleric. Cause like you got one job, heal, and instead you're, you're picking, uh, create water, which is awesome. Yeah, here I'm going to randomly. So I'm a first level cleric, and this is really the way it went well, down, well, right? Well, I, we got to roll three d six. You got to roll your wisdom if you're doing it straight, or you can do four. Well, I'm just going to see. Oh, you mean the amount of spells I get? That's right. Right. Exactly. Fourteen. So for those playing at home, uh, first edition clerics get a wisdom bonus for the amount of spells they can uh, learn. So typically, a first level cleric in AD and D gets one spell. In basic, which we're going to talk about later, they don't even start with a cleric spell. But if your wisdom is high enough, you can get two additional first level spells. I have a 14 which wisdom. Which is, that's sufficient to get two additional spells. Okay, you ready for this? So yeah. I would have had purify food and drink. Yeah. Blast. And light. Yeah, they would have, they would have beaten you down. 
they Ooh. they would have pummeled you uh, incessantly. Because well, so James, would you, would you allow me as a good cleric to take cause blindness if I was in a dungeon and I was you know going to use it? Well, I mean, obviously, I pray for it. I may get it, I may not. That I guess is the DM discretion. But I wouldn't view that as any sort of uh, alignment well, problem if I was using it against evil creatures. Well, who's your de- first of all? Who's your deity? What alignment are you? Those would be the things I would think about first. Af- Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Well, she causes blindness. I think. I think. <laughs> think. Uh, but it's self-inflicted. Yeah. If you if you worship if you go to Aphrodite's altar too much, you're going to be blind after a while. <laughs> I think that's what happens. But. Uh, you know that uh, I would say she'd be a little upset about that because she likes beauty. She wants and she wants people to, you know, one of her things if she's her. viewed and not yeah, she basically they can never attack her again. So I would probably argue in that case maybe there you know that would be kind of fun with Aphrodite that the cause blindness would actually uh, make it that she, she, uh, if if the creature fails say they can't attack you anymore almost like a powerful sanctuary you know like what Af- yeah. like aphrodite's version you know if, if you fail your save after seeing her you can never attack her again so i would do a version of that that would be kind of cool okay. T- tying like- it into the deity yes i i like that a very kind of carlos lising ish right right um oh and look we've got an explanation on page 41 of the DMG. Oh, there's, ex- there's, oh, someone abused this? Wait a minute. Let's see. Yep. They sure did. Go ahead. Gary says, this spell will not restore lost visual organs. Ah, that's Whether what such cause- I got gotcha. you. Whether such causes due to injury or disease, which makes it great, because that means some somebody in Gary's game lost an eye. Well, or they were poking people's eyes out, or, you know, they were being tortured oh. and they just scooped their eyes out. Yeah. Or the party, maybe it was internal conflict. You know, they cut the thieves' eyes out uh, at night. Uh, thus, at your option, the spell can simply remove magical blindness. So thus, at your option, the spell can simply remove magical blindness and cure disease or disease-like conditions such as cataracts and glaucoma and various forms of nearsightedness, farsightedness, or ast. Astigmatisms common to human eyes, or it can be effective against other eye disorders as well, save those n- as noted above. Okay, so you've got some... Uh, so as long as you have your visual eyes. organs, it can restore it. But if your eyes get, or whatever the way you see gets popped out, you, there's, there's nothing they can do for you. Which brings us to, that was uh, in the uh, adventure, the Beholder contract. Right. Contracts that we talked about, yeah. right? With Dave. So yeah, if you've lost yeah with Dave, if you've lost your eyes, that will not return your sight. But I, okay, I, I would say heal would fix that then at that point. So on the disease roll, is there like an eye disorder? Like, can you get? I mean, that seems kind of boring. That like, oh, you've got glaucoma. I mean, <laughs> you've got <laughs> really. How did you, That's all I got. What happened? You're, you're I had to retire from fighting. I was blinded. Oh, what happened? You know what? And I don't know, do holders cause blindness? I know that they shoot rays out of their eyes, don't they? You know, what happened? You know, you, you, you clawed by a red dragon? No. I got uh, cataracts. Glaucoma. Okay, so, so okay, you're, we're going down the rabbit hole. So on page 14 of the Dungeon Master's Guide, 
talks about disease. I, I said we should just do disease. You said it was too soon, but okay, we're, we're not going to go to total disease. But if you roll a 10 or 12 on the disease table, eyes is... Wait, one. 13 or 18, right? Eyes 13 oh, 18? 13 18. I'm sorry, yeah, ears is 10. You're 12. right. Eye afflictions which are terminal result... Oh, there it is. Eye afflictions which are terminal result in blindness in one or both eyes. There you go. 50-50 chance... For either case. All right, so uh, James, I need you to roll me a die eight Okay. to find out the occurrence. So you're going to have an eye disorder. Oh, eight. Oh, great. Awesome. Seriously? Yeah. It's chronic. That's right. It's chronic. It's a chronic issue. Right? So that means it's uh, it's not going away, right? Correct. Okay, and now we need to, you now need to roll its severity. severity. Yep. Let me see. Four. Oh, look, you do get some adjustments. Well, we'll just say you have your normal stuff. All right, it is, okay, the good news is it is mild. So we're mild during the period of affliction. The character is unable to perform strenuous activities and must rest. Wait, you got to rest your eyes? Yeah. Some treatment must be determined by the DM to allow a shortening of the period of illness. So you have a mild, so so the DM now has to figure out a mild eye illness. That's right. <laughs> this is so much fun, Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, I want to go fight the. No, I'm sorry, but you have migraine headaches, which cause blindness. <laughs> yeah, those floaters. That's right. You've got, you've got something. You've got specs from. Uh, yeah, you can't. You can't you're at minus right. two. You're at minus two to hit. So basically, yeah, so you got to go to the doctor, which is the cleric. So you need a cure disease, right? Cure disease will handle basically all these, right? So you need a cure disease. Well, so you don't need cure blindness on this one. I'm not blind. Will, will, will cure blindness work on this? Well, it depends. Is this a physical ailment? Is this a disease? Like, or it could be a pathogen? Maybe you have like little pinworms in your eyes. You know, how gross do you want to get with this? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things you could do. Yeah, all right. It's it's really just how malicious and sadistic do you want to be with all this? And and I've huh. never used this table unless it's in the it's in the module that says, you know, you're you're the the party's going through the dung heap of the oak tug and or you know they're looking for stuff and then you roll on it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I mean, it's it's not very exciting. It's, it's not the way you want to go, obviously. That's right. Well, all right. All right. Well, very okay. good. So the, the the only part that people have mentioned, I agree. If you were going to use this as a combat spell, is it takes one round to cast. Oh wow! So you're basically doing yeah. nothing for a round. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and um, it's a touch spell, right? So how long yeah. does it last? So once I cast it, how quickly do I have to touch? Well, that is a good question. I think people have asked that in the past. It's kind of like you have this. You know, like your uh, if you if we were like Carlos Lysing, uh, uh, you know how he he talks about the manifestation. Like you have this glowing hands now. Right. I would say until you, uh, I mean, you couldn't walk around with it for weeks, but now it's charged up. You probably have <laughs> you just walk. You accidentally you accidentally pat somebody on the back accidentally. Like, oh, ah, I forgot I hadn't used that. Right. Uh, I can't see. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would work. I would say the next round that you would have, you would have a whole round to make the action. So you'd cast it, and then you'd have a round to try to strike someone. Well, and apparently you need to be very careful not to touch yourself. That's right. Hey, 
Yeah, there's no touching because then you that that's how you go blind. <laughs> you, you scratch your face. That's right. Well, right. we've learned not to touch our faces anymore, so we don't want right. to do that. So yeah, so once you start casting that, yeah, and then so I guess and you'd have to do it. So you know that is interesting how long it would last because if you're in melee, I assume you'd have to do it to hit roll. Yes. Correct. Right. Unless it's a willing, and, unless someone wants to be blinded, they they have to make a hit roll. Yeah, and so. The question then really does become if you miss on that to hit roll, yeah, does it go away? Or do you get to keep or do you get another try out? No, I've, I've always said that you've, you, because again, as what we talked about, hitting, oh, that means you've done damage. You may have hit them many times, it's just it didn't cause damage, the abstraction of armor class. The idea of, is that you're fighting for the round, right? You're going back and forth. Right. And you have one opportunity to inflict damage. Doesn't mean you've So I would say you tried, it fails, and that's it. And Oh wait, but why wouldn't but but, but why so that is interesting. I mean you could not hit, but you could still touch. Right. Right? Correct. But you would say but you think but I mean I think everyone says you need to hit. Yes. Right? So and I so if you don't get your you think you're done? Yes. I think you have one shot. That's how I've always played it. And and probably I've got maybe let's see because I think I probably looked at Cure Light Wounds, which was one of the first spells, because you could do Cause Light Wounds. If, yeah. if a person is avoiding this touch, a, a melee combat to hit roll is determined. If the cleric's hand strikes the opponent and causes such a wound, uh, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't say if you miss, do you get to try it again? Right, okay. And that, that would make sense but, to use that rule here. But I've, I've always assumed that you tried and it didn't work, because... Then you could say that for a bunch of things, like hold person. Oh, well, I, basically, if, if you, there's a role, it doesn't work, you have, you've lost this thing. I mean, that would, that yeah. would change the game a lot. Because then, no, then people would cast this and just keep it for, you know, before you went into combat, it'd be like invisibility at this point. Everyone would have their cause light wounds ready to go uh, before they went into combat. But so this can be a really nasty spell, though, if you're in town. Yeah, you cast cause blindness, and you just you just walk by somebody. Excuse me. You touch them. They got to make a save, and and they just they're blind. Yeah. So you're like an evil cleric. You can just kind of be walking around, blinding people. And what you do is then they have to come to you, and you cure them, and you make lots of money. Right. Well, and that's some of the folks are on there saying that would be kind of. You know, being the charlatan, you'd go in and you'd have two spells memorized: cure disease and uh, cure light, uh, blindness and cause blindness. You <laughs> you blind people and then you cure them. Yeah, you know that's why you know. So you really should go into a dungeon and set up shop. Yep. Don't you think? Like, and you have a bunch of cure cure light wound spells and all that. Don't you think? Yeah. You should have a little shop there. Well, and, and I, I forgot which module you had us play with the magic user who had his magic shop, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous because it reminded me of those old games from the 80s yeah. where you'd go find, you know, Bob the magic shop would be in the middle of the dungeon. I'm like, why aren't the monsters killing you? But I guess. Yes, it was it was the treasure of Bartolong, okay. I believe. Yeah. Right. It was the guy. He was. Yeah. He had set up shop in the dungeon. It was the one where uh, in the prior adventure. You've been given Fred the fish, right. and it drove you. You thought it was awesome, and then drove you crazy, and he threw it out. And then he had something else for you, and your son didn't want it. 
because of what he experienced with Fred the Fish, and it actually was like a pretty amazing. No, I don't, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want no. no more of that craziness. That was was that the one with the broom too? I think he got he picked up the broom right. and the broom attaches and well, yeah. I mean, that was a, I believe Treasure Barn was like a late seventies, maybe maybe early eighties. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of zaniness that you had back then. Right. Just kind of random stuff. So, all right. Well, very good. Cure blindness. Very simple, but a lot of application, I think, at this point. Um, all right. Let's see. So we have. Ready for, have you ever been a known illusionist? So this, yes. is, this is the part of this, of our, you know, we're, we, before we get out of the pandemic, we want to finish this adventure. So we are in first encounter, uh, uh, first encounter magazine episode module, which one, six, four, which one is that? This is number four. Number four and uh, artwork by. Eric Haas. That's right, who we both we had on one of our episodes, him and Kelly Villamere. And so this is uh, you are you are playing the uh, gnome illusionist fighter, tr- trying to defeat the evil illusion something evil guy who killed the cleric. And there's a crazy clay golem, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, because Cedric becomes overloaded with his work and creates a clay golem to assist him. Because of people's trust in Cedric, they soon grew accustomed to his fear of clay. All was fine until an evil illusionist named Maximius. Uh, Maxi- Maximius, that's right. Because if you recall, that was also Maximius was in Lair Medusa, and I asked oh, yes. the same that's one. That's right, Maximius, that's right. Maximius, exactly. right, not Maximus, Maximius infiltrated the cleric's abode, killing Cedric in his sleep and gaining control of the golem, which he used to rape and pillage the village. Wow, sounds like, uh, yeah. uh, what's a uh, Baprak. Vaprak, the destroyer. Very Vaprak-like. Um, so they, yes, they have, they're sending out hunting parties to seek out Maximius's new nearby home in order to destroy uh, the golem. So, um, oh, wait. Oh, that's right. Wait. One party managed to return with great success, bringing with them the dead body of Maximius, along with many bodies of men from the party who died fighting the golem. Garth, the leader of the party, told the villagers that the lair is filled with many false illusions created by Maximius, but the golem still inhabits the building and kills any living thing that it comes across. The only way to destroy the golem is not by having a large party, but by one. That's all, but by one, that's always, that's often the setup for the adventures, right? Explaining why an army just simply hasn't been sent in there, right? I keep on the borderlands. Why didn't you just send in the entire army? Um, so, okay. So, uh, yeah, so no, you know, Maximius is dead. We've got his body, but we got to get rid of this, this golem. It's, it's wreaking havoc. So, if I recall correctly, last time we had uh, James took 39 points of damage. It was not 39. Uh, it wasn't 39? I it recall was... 17. Okay. And it's only. Be- uh, and why did I take 17 points of damage? Because you didn't realize that I've become you. And see, you really have become me. Right. We really have switched. You took it because I was going with the lightning and you figured I must be wrong because right. I'm a terrible player. But you didn't really. We're switching. Yeah. You're me. Exactly. Uh, How's it feel? Okay, so we, we encountered Grey Ooze. If, if this is blissfully ignorant, is that what uh, is that how you feel? Because that's how I that's how I feel yeah. at this point. The good news is, are you happier? I am. I, are you? I feel pretty happy being uh, 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 not knowing what the hell's going on. That's right. It's nice, right? And the great thing about it is, people just come to accept that that's the way you are, yeah. and they don't they're not unhappy with like, oh, that's James. Yeah, uh, here he is again. Clearly, no idea. <laughs> really, that's how it works. Okay, it's it's awesome. Yeah. 50 years in counting, my friend. Exactly. Two more to go. Okay. 
After escaping the gray ooze, you reach a room about 30 by 30 feet. There is a door at either end of it. There you decide to rest for a bit. Yeah, we know you need to rest, James. Mm -hmm. to, to recover your strength and to clear your mind of how to get rid of the golem. As you sit and think, you hear a strange rumbling coming towards your room. Suddenly, you see a huge claw rip through the wall in front of you. You see it is an umber hulk. With only seconds before it is through the wall, you know you won't be able to open a door and escape in time. So you decide to, and the number of choices is going to be 10. Choice number one, change self into human form and walk up to it, talking to it in burrowing animal, making sure to avert its eyes. Two, use ring of lightning on it, then attack it with short sword, averting its eyes. Three, cast a spell illusion or use scroll of same spell on this obvious illusion, then walk by with a dagger in hand just in case. Four, use staff of fear on it. If it fails attack with mace, uh, uh, use staff of fear on it. If it fails attack, uh, I'm sorry, if it fails attack it with mace, averting its eyes. Five, Cast Blur Spell, then attack it immediately with Sword, averting its eyes. Six, cast Improved Phantasmal Force uh, of walls and ceiling falling on it, then run past it through exit with Dagger in hand. Seven, cast Invisibility, then walk past it slowly, averting its eyes with Dagger in hand. Eight, cast Color Spray on it, then attack it with Sword. Nine, cast Color Spray, then attack it with Mace. Ten, Cast suggestion that it leave or be harmed, talking to it calmly and burrowing animal, having sword handy <laughs> in case this ploy fails. Now, I'm pretty sure You're it's burrowing do, mammal. Uh, yeah, no, do 10. You have to do 10. Come on. No. No, you're you not. Do 10. See, you're becoming you, me now. That's not fair. You're, I am becoming you. you. They want you to talk. Parlay. That's what you're supposed to do. 10. You must <laughs> Parlay. do 10. Is it a... So now we're going to have a conversation of whether an umber hulk is a mammal. You have to have live babies. Is that what it is? What makes you a mammal? Live babies, I, I think. I think so. That's right. Live right? babies and, 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 and memories, I assume. I don't know. You'll have to feel up the umber hulk to figure out. <laughs> is, it wearing, is it wearing a bra? Exactly. You've got to do 10. It's disgust. You've got to talk to it. Come on, Dan. You do 10. You're no. me. <laughs> You're me. <laughs> I'm doing two. I'm using, I know, I'm using Ring of Lightning on it, man. It could be an illusion. Right. This guy was an illusionist, obviously, right? Well, let's see. Obviously. So Rob Ritchie's down for seven. What does Rob Ritchie do? Rob, oh, angry, cast invisibility. Angry, I like that idea, monk too. Is the spell illusion. Oh, I like that idea, too. These are good ones. I'm uh, doing two. Brian's going lightning. with two, Ring of Lightning. Oh, I like Brian's style. Which ones avert gaze? Menion wants to know. Uh, oh, so there's well, there's a lot of them that were you're averting your eyes. There's change. One was change self into human form, walk up to it, talk to it, bring in, avert its eyes. Two is lightning on it, avert its eyes. Uh, let me see. Four was staff of fear on it, and if it fails, attack with mace, avert its eyes. I assume averting its eyes, meaning you're not looking at it. Correct. You're yeah. averting your eyes. Right. Five is blur spell and attack, averting eyes. Um, let me see. And seven is invisibility <laughs> and, then, and avert eyes. Eight, uh, 
That was the only averting eyes ones. Okay, eight. Oh, those are the ones that were averting eyes. So two. Uh, Menyon's going with two, like Brian. Uh, like me. And you. Oh, so, so Dan's yeah. going for that. I'm going for 10. Of course I'm going for 10. I'm, I'm you. <laughs> All right. Hold on. And let's see. Oh. Uh, David Thompson's for Improved Phantasmal Force, which I think is six. I like that one, too. And... Uh, and, and, and actually, uh, David wants to throw some gems to distract it, which I think that's... <laughs> he's going to, he's going to have to call up Kelly. That's right. And ask if he can change that. Uh, it does uh, not appear to be an option. Cyber Heston has changed self, which I think is one, right? It is one. Correct. All right. That's what we got. Okay. Here we go. Number one, change self into human form and walk up to it, talking to it and burying animal. <laughs> That's almost as good as 10. I, probably... I, like, I, I, li I like the first line. I don't know how this is going to finish, but the first one, the first four words say, this creature eats humans <laughs> <laughs> and tries to eat you. Take out sword for defense, 22 hit points of damage oh. before killing it. Uh. This is not good. And just to remember... If you're keeping track of your hit points at home, you started with like 50. With... Right? 50? Why do I always have so much trouble finding the hit points? Yeah, it's hard to see if I remember from what you showed me. Yeah, God knows where it is. I can't even. Warren Grinchmore. Now he does have food torches and Belladonna. Nice. We didn't. We didn't mention that. Yeah, I have no idea how many hit points he has. It's... Why would that not? I think you said it's like 37, 57. I don't remember. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, no, because it's, it's, you know, we, we, we need to move on. So uh, it's not good that I can't uh, find. It's, there's uh, a, oh, there it is. Oh, it's, at the, it's all the way at the very end. 50, five zero. 50, there you go. 50, all right. So, uh, so if you did, if you played like me and you just did that one, you're, you're, you've lost most of your hit points. Okay, keep going. Number two. Uh, okay, there's a lot of us with this one. Lightning does damage. In melee with sword, we take 12 hit points of damage. Oh. Ooh. I swear to God, I'm so angry if your parlay nonsense works. I'm we're, 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 we're ringing up Kelly on Skype immediately. <laughs> I still have a beef about that porcupine business, which I believe is a burning it uh -huh. now. Three, cast Dispel Illusion. Um, all right, so let's see how this works. Did anyone have three? Dispel Illusion? Yes, we had three. Ooh, this real creature. Delivers 34 hit points of damage. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a surprise. I think four okay. is probably pretty good fear. That may you work. staff a fear on it. Okay. It doesn't work, unfortunately. Oh, they, Why wouldn't it work? Probably failed. You staff a fear on it. Probably failed, made uh, a save. Probably made a save. Okay. Sorry. 25 hit points of damage. Wow. Man. Kelly was grumpy when he wrote this one. <laughs> Wasn't he? He was in a bad mood. Okay. Um. Five, Blur Spell. Blur helps. Take only 17 hit points of damage. All right. Who did six? The Improved Phantasmal David Force. David Thompson. Ah. Uh, the Chamberlain. It works. Take no damage. There you go. Number six. Congratulations. Yes. Seven. Invisibility. It works. No damage. Oh, Rob Ritchie. Too. That's it. That's how... See? The oldest of us, I think, uh, and that's not pejorative. People who've played a long time. The old guard. No one did took eight or nine because I think okay. we're, we're, we're smart enough to realize that. Well, you know what? Ellie says this blinds the creature. Oh, okay. Is that how color spray works? 
Well, it either just it knocks you out or it doesn't knock you no, out. No, there's depends on the the, and that's why it's a confusing spell. It depends on the level difference between you and the, oh, and the the, the illusionist and the target. Okay, because this says it blinds the creature. You kill it and take only twelve hit points of damage. Oh, okay, and G and G nine, which was this color spray, but with the mace instead of the sword, was. Same as G8, except you take 15 hit points of damage. So, so those weren't too bad. So they, Kelly kind of liked color spray right. on that one. All right, number 10. Okay, number 10. This is suggestion. Uh, this is you. It's, oh, I like the first two words. The two, first two words are nice try. <laughs> what could be the next word? But, yes, it is. But it doesn't work. Doesn't understand language. Take 20 hit points of damage. Yeah. So you're at like 37, aren't you? Yeah, you points of damage, yeah, you're down to yeah. 13. That's right, I'm down 13. Awesome. Okay. Because my goal at this point is to die quick. I, I want to be out of this as quickly as possible, so. All right. So there it is. So congratulations. So we've Umber Hulps, we uh, improved Phantasmal Force worked. That's great. And Invisibility, which says a lot about Kelly as a DM because he allowed that improved Phantasmal Force to uh, do it. A lot of them would be uh, sad, so. Yeah, Kelly's apparently a, a, an illusionist-friendly DM. Hello, Isaac. Yes, we've just finished our first encounter. What would an illusionist uh, fighter do? Uh, how, to, how to play one, right? That's what we just did. Yes, have you ever played a gnome uh, illusionist fighter? So how Which much, I have not. How much damage did you take? Which one oh, did you did do? Take? Which one did you do? You took two, Ring of Lightning. You did number 12 two. Hit, 12 hit points of damage. Yeah. So I only took eight more for, for playing my character properly, which is, come here, little Umber Hulk. Come here. Come here. Let's talk. <laughs> I love you, too. See? Would you like some, would you like some nuts? <laughs> <laughs> would, you like some, yeah. would you like some gems? It, yes, I would. That's right. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take those jewels. That's right. I'll take out of your out of your stomach as I I'll, I'll just eat you whole and we'll figure it out. Uh, so excellent. Okay, well, so we uh, we were now ready for Dragon Thirty Six, which was okay. our. Uh, it is April. We talked about this a little bit in um, last week or the week before because it is April nineteen eighty, and so we have now pulled open our brand new Dragon Magazine episode thirty six. Forty years ago today. Forty years ago today, we would have been uh, ripping this open, and um, you know, we would have seen from Tim Cask, who we had last on last week. We would be reading his uh, introduction, and and I just had to mention something that's interesting. I think this is going to be his last introduction. I think in the May issue, they're going to announce that he's left. And as you'll notice, he's no longer editor. I believe the last one he edited was 33. Right. Because if you look on the right there, right. It, it's Jake Jaquette is now who, was, who Tim brought over from, from knowing him from Southern Illinois University. So it's interesting, right? right. I mean, we didn't really go into it. Yeah, it's interesting to know what happened because because obviously this happened in two stages it sounds like first tim was was not going to be the editor anymore he, i think he had written that he had had so much work to do right but then he's but then as, as he's he said he was basically he's pushed out brian bloom bloom 
uh, and him in a conflict. And so, but it is interesting, right? That so he he does do this last sort of introduction. I guess he, he doesn't know when he writes this. That, sure. And he's he's yeah. You know, so well, probably they, they do it ahead of time too. So you know. Yes. That, right. That's probably right as well. So. Um, okay. So um, what do you think of the cover? Uh, it's all right. I mean. Yeah. I agree. You know, for those who can't see, there's uh, like a statue magic user transforming from being a statue and a Conan-like fighter is look staring at him. And yeah, I really like the, and I don't know if it's just because I remember them from back in the day, because I, I, you know, I'm not sure. If I was playing D&D at this point, I really had just started. And um, I didn't know anything about Dragon Magazine, to be sure. I, I really like the ones that are going to come up in the early 80s. Right. So, yeah, I've not been in love with. And look, it's obviously, obviously it's a matter of taste. Uh, but those, those are the ones I really like. This had that, all these kind of remember, reminded me of the, the Lord of the Rings uh, 70s style fantasy look to it. I don't know. I'm sure there's a better art word for it, which I, I liked, like you, the more the early 80s version. I'm sure there's a style that was influenced by it, but it's, it's, kind of drab and it's meh so anyway it was okay. it seems like it's still kind of 70s right it's still yeah it's still stuck in the 70s we like the 80s a lot of color right. and right exactly so uh did you have those shorts that well, the, we had the plaid shorts with like the pastel colors do you remember that uh and the bands uh, i had well no i i didn't wear any of that oh no me neither i mean i just heard other people did all oh, right yeah Okay. Uh, so, um, a- right. actually, the angry monk gave us the perfect... It's the side of a van art. That's what it looks like. Like, that would be on yes. the side of a... That's exactly yes. right. That's exactly right. He is, that is. That is exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was interesting, too, is, you know, we learned from Tim uh, last episode how oh, Dragon, how TSR Publishing did their own thing, and, and that Dragon was not meant to be a house organ, so to speak. Right. And so, as you'll see, you know, SPI... Here is an ad, an advertisement on page three for Dragon Slayer, uh, coming from SPI this June. So they're carrying advertisements for competing games. Which I thought I was in, I assume it's a competing game. It's SPI. It's not TSR. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Here, hold on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give people while we're jibber jabbering, so they can see what we're. Uh, Keep going. Okay, yeah. So I thought out out on a limb, really nothing very exciting there. Um, let me see. So what the cube and beyond is, you know, I never liked. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I didn't read it. Not a big fan of the fiction. I mean, I just something I wasn't interested in. I can't say it wasn't good. But so we have a tale uh, by Gardner Fox. Uh, so I, you know, back in the day, and including now, I, I would not have read it. Right. I didn't. Go ahead. Uh, no, were you going to talk about fiction? Yeah, just I just never read it. I didn't care. I don't know as as a as a young, and that's probably uh, as has not served me well because I wasn't a voracious reader. Um, I spent my time reading the DMG. That's what I read. Yeah. And, and the 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 books, the rule books. I wasn't as interested in that, and, and I think that's been to my detriment, unfortunately. You know, same here. So I didn't, I, back in the day, I was not reading Fritz Leiber. I, I wasn't reading, you know, uh, Elric of Mel and the Bone. 
uh, I, I loved Lord of the Rings, and and that was that was it. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't know. So Steve Jackson here, right, right, of course, Games Workshop. Uh, I assume it's that Steve Jackson has come out with a game called uh, what Stellar Conquest. I'd never heard of it. Have you ever heard of this game? No, never. I hadn't either. So, so that was interesting. So just FYI, I'm showing the screen of the Dragon magazine to our folks so they can they can play along at home. So they're seeing yep. it as well. But yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it looks like a Traveler kind of thing, which, again, they had Traveler. So, uh, you know, and again, I love Traveler, but uh, it's, uh, I don't know why they need multiple ones. Okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, so we have an article about younger players. I would not have been. Oh, I'm on page, uh, page eight. Oh, okay. Up, Sorry, up, I was up, up to page. Up on a soapbox. So what is that about? So I think it was about younger players. Oh, okay, yeah, right. You know, uh, which we were, getting into the game. Which we were there at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so talk about people 14. That, that was us at the time. I mean, I was 12 right. uh, at the time. So I wonder how people, you know, really, I, I didn't know anyone older who played, I don't think. So I didn't have anyone. Did they look down on us? I think so. At the time? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got to tell you, I think at the time I may have looked down on them. Only because I'd have been like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I assumed I'd be playing D&D forever or I would give it up if it was a kid's game. I don't know. I think I probably assumed it was a kid's game. And I knew Gary was probably older, but he was a deity, so that was okay. So we older DMs didn't have D&D when we were that age. The generation that follows us does. They will learn from us if we dare teach. Yeah, I did not learn. Uh, did you Did you ever play with anyone who was older? No. Um, hold on. Attic Press just uh, text me. Not text me. It's a message. Is it a, is it a cease and desist letter? Uh, no, it's Jim Dees, who is going to be our guest today. Oh, great. Boy, he's up early because he's three hours behind. We see you around 9.50 a.m. Eastern Standard. All right. And, Sorry about and, that. Uh, no, I'll keep going. So you, we've got, you know, Gary does some stats for Conan. Because, you know, he loves Conan. We know that. Right. Uh, that was, I think, you know, he's buying Conan this, books. This was probably... actually pretty interesting. Because even back then, I knew of Conan. There was, you know, the comics and um, those type of things. And just having the idea of, and, and what was interesting about this one was that, you know, we there is the rules about aging, and how that affects right. your strength, and he kind of incorporates them in there. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's still, but what is it? What I thought was really interesting was that his fighter levels would decrease over time. That uh, and his thief skills. It wasn't just his. Uh, attributes, his actual uh, his actual skill diminished, which we typically didn't see. I, I don't I don't know if there's a rule for that. Well, and that shows you that it look you know it looks like Gary was not necessarily hewing always you know precisely to the rules. So yeah, I I, I didn't check these stats to see if the adjustments conform to the age modifiers. You know, I've always felt the age modifiers were a little, they, they should have been tougher on things like losing charisma as you get older and strength as you get older. Uh, what I also think is interesting is, and as you know, he loses levels, which I thought was very interesting. And he also switches alignment. 
Yeah. Right. He goes from chaotic neutral to chaotic good, which I think is interesting. You know, I, I think you should be able to change alignment as a, uh, you know, as a player. I mean, under DM supervision. Right. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I like kind of throwing out the rules. Uh, well, you know, that's obvious. if you do it carefully, yeah, it's obvious. Right. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So we do the sage advice. Cause I was like the sage advice. Yes, let's get you got Gene Wells still doing it. So most all characters that can use magic record their spells on books or scrolls in order to remember them. I always wondered if these people didn't have, well, who, why are they writing in and they not have the DMG? I mean, this right. is a pretty standard answer, isn't it? Yes, if you are an illusionist or a magic user, no, if you're a cleric or a druid. Isn't that, is this new information? Right. I, I, well, I think, you know, it's, it can be confusing apparently. And, um, you know, back to that previous article, we didn't have adults who played the, you know, our parents didn't play. I didn't have a, I had an older brother, but he didn't care about it. So pretty much it was my peer group that played. So we didn't really have an authority figure to kind of figure it out. So it really was, you know, well, you're not any smarter than me. How dare you come up with this? So really this, these, uh, sage advice really was, um, you could easily get wrapped up into things that would be pretty obvious if you didn't have an obstinate friend who'd be like, no, you don't have to do that. So I, I definitely, uh, I definitely think it's uh, s some of the things that are obvious even to us apparently wasn't obvious to a bunch of people. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I, I understand, and um, I like that. So, can a paladin put someone to death if the victim is severely scarred and doesn't want to live? And Gene Wells, in bold, the explanation point says absolutely not. A paladin would try to find a reason for the person to live, if not with the world. Uh, then shut away doing religious work where those who benefit from the aid would not care what he looks like. The pounder would also do all that he could to see that the character did not succeed in taking his own life. So again, showing how tough it is to be a paladin. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a, it's, he's, he's part of the suicide hotline. You're not going to him to finish you off kind of thing. <laughs> right now. Um, and I like the next one I thought was interesting. Uh, 12th level paladin, I want to start a lineage. Is this possible? Can my paladin get married? Right. And Gene Wells was interesting, says most believe that paladins practice celibacy. Yeah. And Gene Wells firmly upholds this belief. She has a paladin, uh, Guinevere, uh, will not get married. It's a personal decision, though, and based on the DM. So I thought that was interesting. I had, before reading this, I had not thought about that. Because uh, that makes him very kind of monk-like. Right. Right? Um, so. Um, and we talked about uh, that during our paladin things, how the different, you know, kind of, archetypes that we've come up with, uh, the, the Galahad, um, you know, kind of uh, the Arthurian knight version of it, the, or the more the Templar kind of almost a bloodletting, you know, kill all the, you know, kill all the infidels, uh, repent or die kind of thing. Uh, so we, we had that conversation, which was pretty good. So you can go look at that. Right. Um, and we know magic users, um, you know, they get their spells and, you know, from their, uh, their master in their first level book. But it does confirm that his mentor puts it in through, via right spell, which is a very okay. expensive process, by the way, because you need ink of a certain uh, cost. Which is why that she had to, she found herself cleaning up after this magic user's young black dragon twice a week in return for, a, well, this is in return for a book of third level spells. Now, that was interesting. So that DM was that Gary. I don't know who that was. It was kind of nice there, right? Allowed a, a book of third-level spells. Yeah. It came with all the spells, and that's awesome. Right. In exchange for cleaning up 
the dragon. I would easily do uh, Guano. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Um, Demi-humans can be sages. Well, why can't they be? Oh, they can't. He exactly. says, why can't they? And he says they can. Okay. They can. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then we know that uh, so if your wand is uh, goes to zero, don't don't let your wand die. Yep. Right. Because then it can't be recharged. But anytime before that, it can. And she says one major problem with such items is that one is never sure how many charges they have. I thought you can use. Uh, can't you use a spell to determine the number of charges? Uh, well, no. identify. If you remember, we talked about gives you a range of it. It never gives you the exact. Oh. Amount now you could, I think you could probably wish to figure it out how many charges. You could potentially use legend lore or contact other plane. That really is up to the DM to decide how specific you want it to be. Uh, well, that is that is true. No one likes a dead wand. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that. This is see, we have some funny people out there. That's pretty funny. You didn't you didn't recharge it before leaving? <laughs> what? <laughs> I forgot my charger. Forgot. This, I left this, it in the hotel this, room. This never happens. I don't know what you're talking about. This that's never happened to me before. Normally, my the, oh, uh, oh, I see where exactly. you're going. Okay, there you go. We're going, we're, we're going back to the Valentine special and to, and to the cure blindness. There you go. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, um, if you keep using your reading invisibility, will you slowly become invisible forever? So, basically, someone's someone's been reading uh, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Um, and she says, my stars, no, that would make, I like how she says that would make it too powerful. Like this is a good thing. Right. I don't know that it's a good thing. Is it? I think it's a curse. Uh, but no, it, it will not. Yeah. Um, if a party comes across a magic item, should one tell them it is magic? Would it feel magical? Only tell the party that something is magic. If they throw a detect magic spell on it, the only other way to find out is to pick it up and try it out. That might be dangerous, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Never, never tell them, oh, gee, it feels like a plus two sword. Make them work to find out what it is. Never just give anything away. You can do that. It gets old, I think, after a while. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's on the top five things that players hate. Right. Level drain, um, uh, encumbrance, which if you play that, uh, counting money and experience points and training, and magic items. You, we see a sword. You get it. You well, is it magical? You don't know. Okay, I right. pick it up. Well, you think it's yeah. It feels well, weird. Yeah. When it's glowing. Yeah. If you if if well you if now I've ruled it. It's not glowing until you pick it up, and because it's in, oh, it's okay. in the scabbard. So typically, oh, that doesn't okay. have to be. But but so usually, but if you but so if you take it out, it'll glow. Yeah, so that'll tell. That's you. right. But by then you've been hit with because it's a different alignment and you've taken. 12 points of damage and you're dead. So, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you should have parlayed with it. That's right. Um, so, okay. So uh, we have a bit of trouble last week. Uh, a lawful good ranger uh, was in our party and we came across a wounded wyvern. Is a wyvern evil? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. He and the DM said he had to protect it from the rest of the party until it attacked him. No, what, wy uh, what is that? A wyvern, uh, is wyvern evil or they're neutral? They're, I forgot. Let me see. Why is the ranger? No, they're evil. They're neutral slash evil. The what? I'm, I'm having the, the ranger should cut its throat. Yeah, dead. Isn't it? Dead. Oh, neutral with the prince. Oh, prince is evil. Okay. Right? Where are you getting evil from? I see alignment neutral. Well, prince is evil. evil. Uh, to me, that's evil. 
Not to me, he's lean and uh, evil tendencies, no? Okay. Hmm. Nothing's made. What's it carrying? Looks like a, boar. A, like a boar or a horse or something like that, yeah. A, a ranger. A ranger. The ranger's horse. <laughs> exactly. So uh, um, actually someone asked, in, in old, well, in first edition D&D, uh, rangers had to be good. Correct. Any good. Well, and this the, is a lawful good. And the question says, it, this was a lawful good ranger. Yes. But lawful good isn't, yeah, but rangers, Gene Wells or somebody says somewhere else that they're, they're quite bloodthirsty in right. terms of killing evil. They're protecting the border. Right. If this wyvern is a danger to the countryside, wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, obviously a matter of opinion. Right. I, I know, James, if you were playing the lawful good ranger, you would cut his throat, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's, it, to me, it's an evil creature. That, can, yeah. that attacks and kills. I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of evil. Stop. <laughs> I'm only. It's in parentheses. I'm only parenthetically evil. I'm not. Yes. Uh, I'm not a full evil. Right. Well, I can be redeemed. Well, like the uh, well, this, the rat has the same thing. I think the rat is neutral with evil tendencies. We would have. Any, oh, really? I'm 99% positive. What's that all about? And can can yeah can animal can animal intelligence. The, wait, where do you see that? Oh, rat, right. I was looking at Ray. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. It's, does, it's, does anyone have any problem killing a rat? No, they totally off it. They'd be like, die. They wouldn't be sitting there and, and trying to figure oh, it out. Oh, giant rats are above animal intelligence. They're semi. Yeah. So that's why they're evil. Well, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't know that. So I, I'm, I've learned something. So giant rats are not just sort of like, you know, out for themselves, kind of scared. I mean, I know they're scared of fire or whatever, and they generally don't like to attack, but they are, they got that parentheses evil. That's right, parenthetically evil. Parenthetically evil. Um, okay. You should do a book on the monsters that are parenthetically the, evil. Parenthetically call evil? The Tome of Parenthetically Evil Monsters? Yes. <laughs> and, and the title will be in parentheses. <laughs> the Tome of Evil Monsters. That's it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, along with your, uh, what was it? The, uh, oh, well, rules, footnotes. rules AF, rules, uh, <laughs> asterisks and footnotes, which right. I would totally and, do, but I think it's a copyright infringement. I got to find out how I can publish that without, um, getting it. Okay. Track. No, you, what you need to do is you need to write a textbook dealing with it where you analyze it. Oh, I see. And that'll get you into fair use that you're actually doing an analysis. See, this is why you're on here. Exactly. So this would be the first edition of analysis of the first edition AD&D rules. Exactly. A, a comprehensive study of the first edition rules, asterisks and footnotes. A fair, you should actually, and I think if you put fair use in the title, that helps. That's right. So you should put a fair yeah. use analysis. Fair use. And this, obviously, you're not giving official legal opinion, right? This, no, I am not. Okay. I am not. And this may not, uh, uh, this is not legal opinion and may not be, in your local jurisdiction, you may need to check locally, right? Is that correct? Yeah, can you please, can you make sure to have that crawl appear on our YouTube video? <laughs> Which one? Dan is, Dan. Dan is not a real lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> He's only a D&D &D lawyer. That's right, He's just a rules he, lawyer. He plays one in his local campaign. All right, so. Uh, I'm a rules lawyer. Uh, I love that's, it, so that's, that's okay. Well, that's great news. All right. Now, maybe I'll do the Kickstarter for the textbook on analyzing rules AF, that's perfect. Yeah, and then the parenthetical evil. Parenthetical evil. Yep. A guidebook to a guidebook to parenthetical evil. That's it. I love a guidebook. Perfect. Got a lot of work to do. This, I hope this right. pandemic lasts for another eight or nine months because I won't get it done then. All right. That's right. 
So I don't have an issue with it. I totally would kill the Wyvern. Okay. But the part that I did like that Gene says is, look, it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what the DM thinks. If the DM, because if you're going to use alignment, if sometime the DM has to be the bad guy, unless you have super great players who are going to really um, hold, use the alignment as a way to flavor their character, and they're going to they're going to break alignment. The Paladin is going is going to do something expeditious because that's. They're, they're, everyone's a power game at heart at some point. Okay, well, let me give an example. So when I was at a game at a convention, at CarryCon, so I was playing a lawful good cleric. And we came, the party came upon a stone giant who was neutral. Yeah, they're neutral, correct. And I was given some grief about not, so some party members wanted to just go up and kill the stone giant right. and steal his stuff. And I, I objected because I was a lawful good cleric. So, so, you know, a lawful good cleric, you know, maybe we've had this conversation before. I mean, are stone giants a menace? I mean, I don't know, right? So should a lawful good cleric go up and kill a stone giant? No. Okay, you think no, because they're neutral. Correct. Okay. That was sort of my thought. It seemed kind of... Well, when we played against the giants, and again, this is when it's nice to have players who understand the difference... Yeah, they, uh, and again, in the Giants series, all the Giants are together. And you can't just murder them all because there was actually Cloud Giants in, some, in the, in the uh, Steading of the Hill Giant. There's, uh, there's a, a Storm Giant that's captured. You know, just because they're all Giants doesn't mean you all just totally kill them. And the Stone Giants tended to be workers. You know, they were this, that was the whole, the classic, you know, you, you killed the contractors on the Death Star. Hey, I'm just here to work. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, so, so now again, they did attack. Um, but if you try to parlay, they would stop if you, you know, if you weren't, but if, you know, if they attack you, uh, that's when it gets a little murkier. Do you have to, you know, constantly try to parlay with them if they're throwing these giant stones at you and trying to kill you that, uh, that's a little bit, uh, then, then, then I think it's game on. Right. But if they surrender, you have to, uh, because what I would do is, of course, the giants would surrender if they were being overpowered. They'd be like, hey, wait a minute. Sorry, we thought you were trying to kill us. And then you're back to your conundrum that you have. Go ahead, keep going. Okay, so I'm going to skip ahead yeah, to, we, um, we talk- I think, the next one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Lehman's Tiny Hop by uh, Len Lakafka. I, li- I liked this one. So this was How to Make a Pantheon You Can Have Faith in. He's uh, complaining, as we see a lot of complaints in this era, about the high-level characters, right. right? People becoming deities, slaying deities. Uh, I think he made a, right? Yeah, sound like another, sound like a Jim Ward article he makes a reference to. Um, I liked him. So he talks about what, about um, how spells might not work as well in different planes. Right. Um, that it's not going to be so easy to deal with deities uh, in their planes. But I know there's rules like that on the demon web pits, right? Correct. The whole there, pages right. and pages of it. Right. So I, I liked that. Um, I mean, again, I don't know why you're, you're dealing with, with the deities like that, but so I, I liked some of these ideas. Oh, hold on. Um, uh, hey, Dan, mo- yeah. show your shirt to people. People can't see your... Oh. Is that better? Yes. It's, I believe in Tom Bombadil. It just, it just he can't go away from uh, I got James to say it. <laughs> uh, that's, our, that's the sound bite. You got to put that. I you got to put, along with the Tim Cask one, you've got to also have that this one. This is Tim Cask, and you're listening to Grog Talk. I believe in Tom Bombadil. That's right. <laughs> we should have had Jim Ward say that. 
We got to get him back on. I still do not own the Fellowship of the Ring. I'm going to look for one that's an abridged version that has that whole section taken out. Oh my you know, God. like Jefferson's Bible, where he only t- he took out everything except what uh, Christ said. I want the one that has, doesn't have Tom Bombadil in it. There you go. Oh gosh. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. So yeah. So, so I okay. Yeah. So I liked I liked I liked Len Lakafka's. Yes, this is good article. Yeah, uh, that was good. But it's one of the uh, challenges with high level play. And so what happens is you you get high level players, whether they've been uh, uh, accelerated. You eventually, they have world-breaking spells, and you have to nerf them, and that's what happened in Demon Web Pits. You know, it, it's it's a mechanical way to fix the challenges of high-level play. It's it, and that's why most D and D, it's really hard to play because um, you, you you get into a superheroes game, which again, people some people love that, which is fine, but uh, the gameplay changes tremendously if you have fifteenth-level, twentieth-level uh, uh, players. Right, right. Um, and it looks like, you notice there's a 36 and a half. I assume is this because the April Fool's That's edition? That is, that is okay. correct. Yeah, because it started over again, $250, and it's it's the dragon. So this is all the joke stuff. It's right, the dragon grumbles. Right. The rumbles. Exactly. And they ask who is right about whether or not rules in the dragon are official or not. And it's signed Billy and Bobby, and they say who's right. And the editor says Billy is, that's but we don't know exactly. which position. Right. It was, so it was cute. You know. It was cute. I mean, obviously, they're not official. So I know they're just joking around out there. But we're going to see that later, I believe, somewhere. They're not uh, uh, official. Let me see. So a, lot of, you know, so a lot of this was just joke stuff, which the only thing I really liked about the joke stuff was, and I actually do want to use this, is I did like the Keebler uh, <laughs> You know, it's Roger Moore, right. which doesn't surprise me. Anything Roger Moore touches to me is gold. Um, and so I did like the I, – I know it's ridiculous, right? I get it. But for some reason, I just kind of like the Keebler because he's like – you know, he, he bakes stuff, and he's got all these bake-type and baking spells, and he, he will capture you and make you work for him as a baking assistant. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and look, and anyone who's friends with small children and woodland animals is, is good for me. I get to me. So, yeah, I like the Keebler. Um, the tax man cometh. No, no, no. Yeah, you can't. They, I clearly is. Yeah. First, we're going to have you roll for disease. Yeah. Then we're going to have, and then the next, so every week when we get together, first we're going to roll for disease in my campaign. Right. And then we're going to have the tax man cometh. Well, and, and I think you're the one, and I, I know John's done it, uh, DM John, who plays with, you know, at, at the month ends and everyone has to take 100 gold pieces per level for maintenance. Yes. That's right. I do that. I do that because that is for the DMG. That's right. And you really should be rolling for disease, too. I mean, I guess some of that stuff makes it seem more realistic. Um, I don't know that I want the tax man. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know. I guess you could do it. Some stuff's just not going to go over very well. Um, the bizarre of the ordinary, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, I was, you know, the, the joke stuff doesn't really do a lot right. for me. I like the, you know, it's, and I think this one, uh, is interesting on page 28 only because of, uh, Stranger Things meeting Demogorgon last great acts of defiance and cowardice, which I find, I find that pretty funny from, uh. You know, basically, you know, what what do you say just before uh, Demogorgon destroys you? 
Who calls upon right. Demogorgon, Prince of Demons, Ruler of the Abyssal, the Invincible Hara? And then you have, I guess you need a roll. But there's, it's not 1 to 30. Oh, so what is it? Well, it's missing a couple. It's close, like so did, 27's not on there. But yeah, you could do a D30. So roll a D30. Oh, yeah, so if you mention the name, who are you not supposed to mention? I thought that was devils or is it demons' names? Who is he not supposed to mention? Well, it says, imagine you're on an adventure, everyone in the party is feeling mellow and you've had a good adventure, your pockets are crammed with gems, you happen to be joking around and, and carelessly mention the name of, the greater, of a greater demon. And yeah. Then, and everyone gives you an eye uh, that you should write. You, your party walks around the bend and there he is. Now, um, uh, yeah, they have secret names, but uh, because that's- Oh, that's how you, so you can control them. Right. If you know their name, right. is that right? Okay. So what'd you roll? Okay, I rolled a 28. 28. Try to knock him down and step on his throat. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. You... <laughs> well, what's interesting, Demogorgon, he has two throats, so, because uh, he has two heads. Okay, you know what maybe we should do? All right. All right, I'm warming up to this. Okay. I'm wondering if we consider having a, a segment each week, because we need more, a meeting Demogorgon segment, oh. and you will roll and we'll play it out. It'll be like our incomprehensible death. We, we, we don't have time to do it today, but I think we need to consider having, um, you know, a couple sessions maybe of meeting Demogorgon, don't you think? Yes, I think that would be great. All right, so, um, so, all right, so I, you know, listen, I stand corrected. I, I thought that the, the joke edition, the 36 and a half, wasn't going to be very good, and we've gotten something out of that, meeting Demogorgon. That's right. I love it, so, I love um, it. I think we need to do a reaction roll, too. Um, <laughs> parlay. Parlay. Well, we roll parlay, so um, surprise. I get, we're probably surprised. Um, all right, was there anything else in the... In the fake version? Nah, not really. In the fake version. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they did talk about the Mongols. I probably would read this just if I wanted some flavor. I'm on page 31. You know, the different types of weapons. You know, again, I think that is... a a fair, I don't want to say criticism, but you know it's very Eurocentric, and and they started on gray on uh, Greyhawk. There is different lands that you could put in, and I did like the Pharaoh and uh, the Des the Desert of Desolation series, which had the you know Egyptian theme. So that would be pretty cool. I thought that was interesting to put in. Uh, and so does thirty does thirty six and a half end? No, I guess it doesn't. No, it's, keeps... it's hard to figure out where it ends. So then they, yeah. then they have Giants in the Earth, Classical Heroes from Fiction and Literature, page 36. Uh, and then they kind of go through that, which, again, I didn't read any of this, so I probably would have skipped. Uh, squad Leader. Did you ever play Squad Leader on page 36? Yes. 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 I learned a very, I played it with Ed, and I learned a very important lesson. Don't stack a bunch of people if you're within artillery range, because... My, they, I had a big old stack of uh, units, and they all got obliterated because there was such density. Uh, so yes, I, I yeah. So I'm, I'm did you ever play Squad Leader? No, Panzer Leader. Okay. I played. Yeah, Squad Leader's very different. Yeah. Uh, because it's 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 much you know it's, it's just squads. So um, it's kind of cool though. You'd have counters with just you know, like you could have a single hero, um, a single guy, but they were obviously mainly squads. But yeah, no, it, it was a fun game. Uh, so now experience points to ponder. Page. 40. Did you read this article? Um, I skimmed it a bit, and actually, we're having. Uh, and maybe we'll maybe we'll delve into it more next week because we're having uh, 
Bill Fawcett is our guest yeah, next week. So that's pretty that's exciting. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I tend not to spend, I tend not to, a lot of people seem to, didn't I think, I can't remember if Len Lakofka had one yeah. in, her, in her edition. Yeah. I tend not to worry so much about it. I mean, I don't have a big problem with the experience point system in the DMG. I, I, I take what Gary tells me to be correct, right. which is he understands it's not perfect. It's just a method for advancement. And I don't, so I, I don't know. So I didn't, I usually don't pay a lot of attention to these because I don't have a problem with the, the way it is in the DMG. How, how about you? Yeah, I, I didn't have an issue with it. Yeah. I would probably look at it now that I feel like I've, I know enough about the game to tweak it to my liking, but I really didn't want to do that back in the day. Yeah, and like I said, I don't even think it needs tweaking, but I, I don't know. So, um, Well, for me, the, twe- the tweaking comes... I hate, like you, we've talked about, at 11 o'clock, you, you've played five hours, and now you're playing accountant with Excel spreadsheet, how you... And you really do, yeah, and you really, I think you do need to do that, though, because no one wants to start off the next adventure with going through, because then, you know, going through experience points, people are leveling up, it takes forever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that experience points, not a lot of fun, to be sure. Right. Uh, a lot of the rest of the stuff, uh, I know we, we had... Some letters, the mail. Yep. Um, complaining about the Monty Hall, as you may have remembered. Yep. On page forty-four, they talk about Boot Hill again and different weapons that you could add to it, which I guess is okay. I wasn't a big cross guy. I wasn't either. No, uh, I wasn't either. Scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. Now this is the back end of the magazine where all the other articles we just talked about are put together. Uh. I really don't see anything else. More of the mail. Let's see. Is there anyone interested? There's an event. There's a convention coming called Bloody Sunday. Wow. Is it Bloody Sunday right? eighty? Yeah. Was that before? I mean, Bloody Sunday, like Ireland. That you know, because that's a strange title. Bloody Sunday eighty. Um. Um. Yeah, and that was in Ontario. Interesting. Rides and, and rides offered. <laughs> That's a little creepy. If you're looking for a ride, offer a ride, drop a, a ride to rides at TSR. State the convention you're interested in, your name and address, with other pertinent information. It, it, it was a different. It, it was a simpler time, right. wasn't it? So, uh, I'm going to Gen Con 80 from Vermont and can take three riders from the Vermont or the Adirondacks in exchange for help with gas and tolls. Could you imagine putting that on? You know, yeah, Twitter. Now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to GrogCon. I'm in. <laughs> right. Three random people, feel free to connect with me. And I mean, it's like Uber. I guess it's the kind of an Uber kind of thing. But I don't know if I want to be trapped in a car for 12 hours with someone with masks. That you on. don't even know. And, you don't even know. And now you have to have masks on like this. Yeah, that's awesome. That's true. That's terrible. All right. Well, very good. They talk about computers, which again, I know you're not a big fan with. Dragon's Beastery. So is this kind of like the Fiend Factory? Is that their version of it? I'm on page 63. I've already, I've, I've set it down. Oh, did you notice that somebody in one of the articles said, or one of the letters said that they came across Dragon Magazine in the doctor's office? No, I didn't see yes. that. Yes, somebody wrote, that's where they discovered it. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... That would have been a good place to go because what they usually have highlights. Didn't they have highlights? That was the only thing that highlights. Yeah, sure. Or like you know, food and wine or something. Or you know, yeah, not dragon usually. 
No, no. The only other part I would mention is on page 64 uh, is Starship Troopers, one of my games that I used to play a lot when I was, that was my Avalon Hill game that we would play. Uh, besides Panzer Leader, we played Starship Troopers. Oh, and I loved, and I think it was Title Bout was on there. I loved the sports games, Status for Baseball, Hater, Title Bout. Oh, yeah. Title Bout was a wonderful game. So, oh, they had wonderful sports games. Great sports games. All right. Well, very good. That was that was that would have kept me interested. I give it a six, you know, on. a. Well, yeah. So to me, the takeaways are obviously the Keebler. Yes, I'm going to find a place for the Keebler at some bakery in the Gnome Realms. Count on it. Yep. And there's going to and I like the uh, meeting Demi Gorgon, which I think we should have a meeting Demi Gorgon uh, segment because we don't have enough stuff. But, yeah, I'll, I'll add it. I'll see when we can put that back in. And this is Dragon 36. All right. Very good. Yes, we skipped the Wormy cartoon. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I never – I don't think James I ever read Wormy, no, right? he didn't. I don't even know – who does Wormy? I don't even know who does Wormy. Probably should know. I don't. Don't look Wasn't it – I thought it was Tramp here, wasn't it? But maybe not. I don't know. I have no idea. We should ask Tim Cass when he was on. Well, it probably can be found out pretty easily. This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.